So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. And there are bad people, even in Canada. No, are, not many. Not many not in Canada. Many. There's like one. Yeah. There's a guy who lives in my building, you know. Steve, right? Creepy. Steve. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> Damn Steve! Smashing Security, Episode 180, Taking Care of Claire, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 180. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. It's a special episode this Ooh, week, Graham. What makes it so special, Carol? Well, we're doing a Splinter episode this week, and we're doing it with someone who's never laid a toe, I bet, inside a technology company. (laughs) (laughs) Very sensible. Can we introduce her? Shall I do it this week? Of course, you do it. Let me introduce Claire Blackwood, comedian and actor based in Toronto, Canada. Thank you so much for having me. Claire, tell us a bit about yourself. How have you come to end up on the Smashing Security podcast? <laughs> what weird combination in the stars has caused this to happen? What? Why are you here? Well, Why are you here? It helps to be related to one of the hosts of the podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Claire's my sister-in-law. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually his mother. Um, I don't know if you can tell. Have you done your laundry lately? So, so Claire, you are Carole's cousin. I am. And my much younger cousin. Younger, yes. more attractive, And more beautiful, funnier. more talented, oh, smart, shush. smart, smart. I adore her. Now, Claire has kindly agreed to come on the show, so we're so grateful. But um, we thought it might be interesting because Claire doesn't live in the same world as we do. So we thought we would try and find out how she uses technology and whether or not we can make her a little bit more secure without making her life a security hell. (laughs) Well, basically, yes, because, Carol, when you asked me to come on your podcast, I automatically, because I am an actor who needs constant validation and gigs i said yes and then i uh took a look at what that meant and i kind of thought well i know absolutely nothing about security 
whatsoever. It's never so stopped said, growing really on me, to be honest. 180 <laughs> podcasts. And- I mean, fair enough. But like, I'm pretty sure I have never locked my phone in my life. Like, let's just Ooh. like let's let's take it all the way back here. Like, we're not talking. You know, I haven't. <laughs> Use the right VPN when uh, blah blah blah. Like no 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 no. <laughs> I am a basic bitch. I got nothing. I do nothing. This is going to be a great show. <laughs> yeah, Carol, Carol, tell us what's coming up on today's show. There's so much to get into there. Yes. That we're- <laughs> It's going to be wonderful. Okay, first, let's thank this week's sponsors, Immersive Labs and LastPass. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Now, on this special Splinter episode, Graham and I have invited a special guest who doesn't have anything to do with technology or security. And we're going to see whether we can make her safer online without boring the pants off her. All this and much more coming up on this special Splinter episode of Smashing Security. Okay, now, chums. <laughs> I think we can all call each other chums, right? Yes, we all know each other. You've met Claire. Yeah. Claire's lived with me before. Yes. In yes. Oxford, yeah. That's right. Years yes. and years and years ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Back in the days when I was allowed to go and visit Crow's house. I, I, uh... <laughs> oh, no, that's a whole other story. <laughs> anyway, but I, so we, ha- we have met, right? And you've already yes. said some fascinating things. Well, I first... About- yeah, but can we first maybe yeah. get Claire to kind of describe okay. her life? Like, let's just yeah, yeah. let's just kind of build the picture of Claire so that people right. can kind of go, I, I relate yeah. or I don't relate or I okay. know someone like this. Mm-hmm. Or like, Jesus Christ, you crawl, your cousin is so ridiculous. Unique like me, unique like me. So, Claire, <laughs> you're an actor. Tell us all about that. Uh, yeah, I'm a classically trained actor. I studied at the University of Toronto and Sheridan College for theatre and I've been acting in the city for about 10 years. Uh, most recently, I've kind of delved into comedy, uh, improvised comedy, sketch comedy, writing that, studying at the Second City. Um, and I do a lot of freelance comedy writing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mostly satire. I write for uh, basically Canada's number one satire website. It's called The Beaverton. Ah, yes, uh, it's I know It's essentially like the, the Canadian version of The Onion. So I didn't I, know you wrote for them. I do write for I them. I've written for them for Claire. about a year and a half. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Huh, cool. Yeah, I basically just get to get mad about things and write comedy about them. But is there, is there anything going on in the world to get mad about or to be satirical about? I thought everything <laughs> oh, was going no. really, really Everyone's well. Everyone's getting along very well. Nothing's going on. We're practically <laughs> so bored, we could cry. We watch cheese puffs on TV and we think it's Well, essentially. Yeah. I just kind of sit and stare at my wall for like 20 hours a day till I go to bed. <laughs> now, pre-Rona, right? Yes. As a freelancer, did you work from home? Like, did you work at your desk or did you like to go work in cafes? No, or my life pre-Rona uh, was essentially the complete opposite of what I'm doing right now. I mean, I you'll find that with any independent actors, writers in, the, in Toronto, like we're kind of constantly making as much work for ourselves as we possibly can. So my days were spent out of my house working at my serving job. If I'm not working at my serving job, I'm doing meetings. I'm in writing meetings. I'm in sketch rehearsals. I'm uh, performing at night and several different shows a night going from one theater to another. I'm sitting in a cafe or a bar writing a screenplay or or an article to be published or anything. So basically, like I've now been home for over two and a half months. I'm fairly certain my cat is planning on killing me to get me out of the house. <laughs> Um, there, there's, I mean, there's some great jokes on laugh, Reddit with but that. When no, no, you don't the- hear from me next week, <laughs> there's some great jokes like, "Why won't they leave? What's going God, on, woman? 
take a walk. Like, yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, dogs are like, this is so amazing. <laughs> this is the best day weeks. of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm just kind of chilling. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to work from home all the time. And yeah. I miss, you know, my friends and family, but I've just been basically spending my days writing. So your life beforehand was, there was a fair bit of technology involved in it. You must have had calendars and reminders and meetings and I'm actually, things to log into. Yes, things to log into for sure. I, I use a hard copy calendar. I'm my mother's daughter. I, <laughs> I hate having my calendar on my phone. Right. But like social media is my game. You know, I, I, okay, I, so you're all over Facebook. You're all over oh, Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Claire, did it, was it TikTok that I saw you on doing a dance? Oh, no. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, I forgot to. Oh, I, yeah, my brain snapped uh, about two weeks into quarantine. And I just all of a sudden woke up like I blacked out when I came to I had downloaded TikTok. Um, you know, I'm a 32 year old woman. And now I'm making videos for the 18 year old rich kids in the States. I downloaded TikTok purely because I wanted to make my family and friends laugh <laughs> by making ridiculously stupid content. Which I have been. I actually got interviewed by the Los Angeles Times <laughs> about being an old person learning dances on TikTok. I'm pretty sure, like, I will never get better than that. That is, that's just all of the things that represent me in one person. I know. It's, it is fairly ancient Disgusting. compared to us, girl. I know. It's no, she, the interviewer literally told me that she found me on Twitter by searching TikTok dance old. <laughs> like, I'm not hyperbolizing here. I am ancient on TikTok. Oh I am like a solid 12 years older than the average user. Okay, maybe you should join just to, you know. Bring my, my wife is on, well, she's she's a, a consumer of TikTok. I don't think she's producing videos straight behind my back, but she's oh. on it. And she's a fair bit older than Claire, I can say, yeah. uh, in a fairly uh, gentlemanly fashion, hopefully. Well, otherwise, uh, you'd be married to a child. Well, so, uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> this would be a very different conversation. Okay. Okay, enough enough Rona talk, guys. Yes, yes. Um, so you're going around, you're bopping around in the earlier days when you had your normal life. Yes. You had a laptop. You used that? Um, I do have a laptop. It's approximately 5,000 years old, so I don't use it really for anything other than writing. Yeah. If I leave the house, I have my iPhone or an iPad. Okay, so iPhone and or iPad with you, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I don't generally bring my iPad out of the house unless I am going to the aforementioned cafe or bar to write yeah. or like if I'm going to a rehearsal and you leave the huge brick at home of a laptop. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. In so the corner where brain. it belongs. Yeah. Okay. So unless you're writing in a coffee house or something, you're like everybody else. You've got a smartphone on you. Yes. Okay. Right. So we're going to focus on the phone, I think a bit. Eh, okay. Graham? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So let's start with, you mentioned in the preamble that you don't <laughs> lock your smartphone. I don't. Uh, and here's where all of your listeners are going to be like, God, Corral, who is this woman? Uh, how are you related to her? I, I fully am cognizant of how bad that is to do. Like, I'm, I'm not naive. I realize that if somebody were to steal my phone, I would be, to use cheek colloquialisms, uh, fucked. Um, but I just, I, it just drives me crazy. Yeah. So you have an iPhone? Is that yes, right? I have an iPhone 8 Plus. Okay. Oh, so it does have Touch ID, doesn't it? Yes. If we walked you through how to set up fingerprint ID, would you consider it or would that be annoying? What would be your concerns about not doing it, do you think? 
Uh, is does fingerprint ID? Do I have to do anything other than just open my phone normally? No, you would literally like you'd go get your phone, and then it would just say, "Put your thumbprint on the little thingamajig." Right. Right, and then your phone then opens magically. Yeah, or your finger, or your nose, maybe, or your toe. No, I mean, no, what no. Kind of, what don't you be silly, Graham. No, I, th- I bet you could use your nose. Yeah, okay, can we not experiment with Claire? <laughs> I okay? mean, please Look, experiment is- with me. Like, I am I am your, your fun little naive guinea pig here. Graham, what do you think? Do you want to try and set her up with fingerprint ID? Well, I, I think that'd be a jolly good idea, yeah. If, if you're up for it, Claire, should let's, we do that? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. And then maybe you can set your phone to lock every minute to see how annoying you find it. Well, she shouldn't be checking her phone while she's on the podcast. She can multitask. She's I, I am not checking smart. my phone when I'm on the podcast. Professional, you see, girl. <laughs> so, so what do you want to do, Crod? Do you actually want me to yeah. walk through how to do this? Yeah. Okay. How do you do okay, it? Okay. And people at home, if you don't have a, f- a locking phone, you can follow at the same time. We haven't rehearsed this. This is on the fly. <laughs> no, we haven't. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try and do this. I'll try and do this. So, Claire, hi. Hello. Go into your settings app, right? That's the that's the thing which looks like a cog. A yes, great like, cog. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then scroll down until you see something which hopefully says touch ID and passcode. Mm-hmm. Now, normally it will ask you at this point for your existing passcode to gain access, but you haven't got a passcode. I so that- haven't, but it does say add a fingerprint. Right. Okay. okay. So, so click on add a fingerprint. So, what, yeah, but think about which one you want to use. I used my uh, my right thumb because that don't was the hand I always this, used. Don't tell people this. They might what chop if your they thumb off you and steal your finger. <laughs> yes. I I don't use fingerprint ID at the moment. At Do you all. not? No, I use passcode. A very long one. It's oh, very okay. complicated. All right. Okay. Fair enough. That's the way I roll. Anyway, yeah. so you you basically. It says add a fingerprint, right? And you yes. click that and it will then lead you through the process. And it'll ask you to touch the little button, which you often are pressing with one of your fingers. the instructions, I think. On the well, you can. I thought you wanted me oh, to sorry. lead people through it. <laughs> For God's sake, you give me this enormous task without any warning of teaching someone how to I use think you're doing a really good job, Graham. Right. Thank you. So do that. And then after a while, it'll tell you to adjust your grip. So as though you're ha- holding the, the phone yeah. slightly differently. And again... Use your finger. La, la, oh, la, it's la. it's it's uh, it's registering my fingerprint for sure. Right. So you, yeah. What what you will find frustrating is if you've only registered one finger because then you think, oh, for right. goodness sake. Or sometimes you might want to use the other hand. So you can add a few different fingers. But now with that in place, you can once de- it's in place, yeah, yeah, you can decide. Well, how quickly will it demand me to press that when I want to unlock it? So you could say, well, stay unlocked for, I don't know, a couple of minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. But after that, no. just have that to access the phone. And as simple as that. And there's two, uh, there's, okay, there's two big reasons I can think of of why this is a good idea. Okay. One, if your phone then is set to lock, say, every five minutes. So you do your thing, and then as soon as you're not playing with it for five minutes, it'll then automatically lock you save battery life, which is good. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. And two, as you pointed out, if ever you left your phone somewhere with all your stuff in it, right? Like, do you bank on your phone? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I full on have like, I full on have a list in my app of various passwords that I cannot remember. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to censor out the name of the app. (laughs) 
I can just, I can't see you guys, but I can just feel your cringing. No, I, no, we're not. I think this is, I think this is actually a brilliant show because I think sometimes we live in our own swamp too much and we don't remember what it's like being in the outside world. That's absolutely true. Because my jaw's on the floor. We live in a weird <laughs> world and we lose touch with what the typical users are like. Yeah. So is it set up now on your phone? Uh, yes. It also okay. made me put a passcode in. Oh. I think that's because if you turn your phone entirely off and on again, I think it says, okay, to use Touch ID again in future, you're going to need a passcode. So right. you're probably feeling quite frustrated with us now because we've given you something yeah. <laughs> extra. So we're just going to, we're going to turn my phone off and then. Don't forget the passcode. Don't worry. I use literal easiest password. <laughs> okay. So one, two, three, four. No, well, then oh, no, not that, no, no, no. I used uh, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Okay. But well, that shouldn't matter because I use my uh, my thumbprint. Um. Yeah. Um. Baby steps, right? Crow. Baby steps. That's that's what <laughs> we're talking about here because we have made progress. Because we have made progress. Previously, Claire didn't have anything, any form of authentication, <laughs> uh, and now she's got fingerprint ID and she's got a passcode. And maybe at some later date, you may decide that you won't have such a simple passcode. Maybe you'll have a passphrase or a word, so it's not just numeric. You might have something alphanumeric as well. But, you know, let's let's not go crazy because you must think we're weirdos, right? You must just think this is such a an encumbrance. I don't think you're weirdos at all. I think you are vastly more aware of the implications of all of the things that I am not doing than I am. Mm. Whereas I have a bare minimum understanding of the fact that, you know, the government is stealing all of our data, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I've just kind of sunk into the swamp of like, I don't care. Which is a terrible quagmire to be in. Uh, and I realized uh, I'm probably giving my, well, I know I'm giving my data to China every time I open TikTok. But it's one of those things where it's kind of like the, you don't even know where to start to do anything. So it's kind of just too much ostrich kind of put your head in the sand. It's, do you think it's, it's a bit too like much. That? And I also, this sounds so bad, but it's kind of one of those like, well, I can't see the implications. So I, I can't see how it affects me directly. So why should I care? Yeah. So, I mean, in in the case specifically of your phone and locking your phone, I guess the concern is that you'll have many apps on there. You've said that you're active on social media. Someone could take your phone, could post in your name, mm -hmm. which could be damaging to your reputation. They could read your emails. They could see private communications. They could steal your photos. There's mm -hmm. opportunities for identity theft out there. And there are bad people, even in Canada. No, are, not many. Not many not in Canada. Not many. There's like one, yeah, there's there's a guy one. who lives in my building, you know, Steve, right? Creepy. Steve. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> Damn Steve. Damn you, Steve. Steve is also one of our cousins, so I hope he listens to this and he's like, hey. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like we've done something to help the phone a little bit, but maybe we need to look at a few other things as well, Crow. Yeah, while we have the phone, let me just do a few more things. Okay. So if you grab your phone... Mm -hmm. And if you go to the privacy thing, and well, the way I do it is I search on the settings one. So the little gray cog, as you went in before mm -hmm. settings. And then if you just type in location, and then location is under privacy. There's mm -hmm. a number of different location names, but you'll see that one. So we can just see the list of apps that know where you are. Mm -hmm. And if you look at those, some of them are going to make sense, like a map app. That makes total sense. Yep. But maybe... Ooh, my camera. Yep. 
mine is set to never. So it's a really good point. So if you have it on, and Graham, actually, I, maybe yeah. you can confirm it. If you have your location on your camera, is it right that when you forward an image, that information can be yes, can be stored in the uh, in the, in the metadata the of of the picture? And people yeah. have been really? caught out before. Yes. Now, sometimes when you upload that photograph to a social media site, they might strip that information out of the picture. But there's always the chance that you could forward it or email it or some how, something how else. How close are we talking? Like how specific of a location? Because I know that sometimes like I'll take a picture and then I'll go home and I'll be like, this was taken in like Simcoe. Like well, it'll give the kind of vague town area. Well, but it would, can it get more specific than that? Yeah, it'd be able to give your GPS coordinates. Yeah. So really, like so, basically within like <laughs> yeah a meter or so. So, wow. so it I could, didn't it, know that. So it could be it could be incredibly precise. I remember when John McAfee, who's like a uh, how can I explain him to Claire? I don't know. He's <laughs> crazy. If you think of Charlie Sheen and how yes. mad Charlie oh, Sheen went, if I have to. So yeah. so John McAfee is the industry's version of Charlie Sheen going completely bonkers. <laughs> He's insane and does a lot of drugs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, fantastic. And has been on the run before uh, for police <laughs> investigating murder. And oh my um, God. so, so, <laughs> so, so he was on the run at one point, and uh, people posted up a photograph of him somewhere in Guatemala or somewhere. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. they included this information inside the image, which wasn't visible if you looked at the image, but if you had the right tools, you could extract it from the photograph. So you don't you don't want that kind of data normally being included in your photos, I suspect. Most people have got no use for that whatsoever. So that's the kind of thing which you want to turn off. But yeah, a lot of apps will want to know your location. And it might be that they want to know your location because they're tracking you, or maybe they want to give you uh, more precise advertising or advertise depending on where they think you go. Yes. And mm. that's kind of debatable whether you really want that, right? Okay, so now let's try contacts. All right. So under privacy again. Uh-huh. So it's contacts under privacy. So there you'll have a list of apps. For example, what about your social media sites? Are any of them listed in this list? Uh, Instagram is off. Actually, I don't have a lot of social media on here. Um, the only thing I'm surprised by is my bank currently has access See, that's strange. Like my RBC mobile. Yeah, so I don't know specifically why that app would need access to your contacts. Maybe it's in case you want to transfer money to a friend or something like that. Yeah, but you like could that. turn it on. Um, yeah, I imagine at true. some point the app may have requested access to it, maybe to make that process easier. Yeah, and it's very possible that I was just kind of like, did the did the millennial thing of just being like, okay, fine, 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 yeah, fine, yeah. fine. Okay, okay, okay. And, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, this, this is an interesting one, I think, because there are many apps. I mean... If, if you've got well-established apps, generally they won't do this, but sometimes you download games and things like this, which will try and take your contacts and then spam them to try and promote the game and say, hey, Claire's playing this or Claire's doing this. Why don't you join her? And the risk here is that you're not only potentially endangering your own privacy because you're sharing information with God knows who about mm-hmm. who you know. You are also exposing the privacy of the people you love and care for, your friends. So it has an impact on other people too. Okay, don't be all... Oh, I'm no, not no, having no, it this is great. good I'm to not, know. I'm not, I'm so not. basically what you're saying is if I download an app and it asks, you know, buried in all of the little fine print, it says, I'll get access to your contacts, then it will just have all of their information. The way I do it is if I download an app, 
I then, you know, install the app and then I go and check those things under privacy uh-huh. just to see if the app has showed up in any of those lists. And then I make a kind of my own judgment call. Because I think a lot of us, when we download apps, we just assume the app is going to download itself safely and it's going to have the right things turned on. Yeah. But sometimes they're cheeky, right? And if they can take something from you and you say, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, fine, fine. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Now, that might be a pain, and it depends how often you download apps. I mean, I download them as necessary. For example, you know, the other day I decided that I wanted to find out uh, what breed my cat was. So I downloaded uh, an app called Cat Scanner. Cat Skinner? Cat, not Skinner. Cat Scanner. And, it just, oh. and you take a picture of your cat, and it will just use algorithms to find out what breed your cat is. So, I mean... That so far has not shown up in any of the what, lists. Is it but, doing some kind of facial recognition on cats to work out yes. what this? If you did that on people, can you imagine the outrage as as an app tried to determine what, what race a person race. was? Or, oh, and there are this- Instagram filters for that. Are there? <laughs> My God. Oh, yeah. See, she can teach us about a different world, Graham, too. <laughs> <laughs> there are Instagram filters for everything. What kind of cat is it? What What's the name of your cat, Claire? My my cat's name is Gandalf. Ah. Uh, he's a 15-pound gray and white monstrosity um, who uh, apparently is primarily a Norwegian forest cat, Oh, according to Cat Scanner. Oh. Is it pining for the fjords, do you think? He's, pine- he's not dead yet. <laughs> he's an ex-cat. Did I mention she can do it? Now, yes, much better than your accents, girl. Um, so... <laughs> She's a professional. I, I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. For my sake. I mean, they're all bastardizations of the actual locations where I'm trying to. Okay. Know. Claire, you've just revealed your cat's name to us is Gandalf. And you've also revealed that you are a fan of Middle Earth and all that that entails. Yes. Without naming any sites, do any of your passwords relate either to your cat's name or to something Tolkienish? They actually don't. Oh, um, good. Very good, Claire. Yeah. Now, don't praise me yet because... Like, Actually, I have no passwords. The- so. <laughs> I literally just hand my phone out to strangers on the street. Um, no, I use generally, without giving anything away, I, I use the same variation. I have like a word. Yeah. And then I'll throw the same numbers after it or the same symbols, uh, depending on what the websites ask for. And then generally... If I forget what that password is, then I'll go to my second choice password. I have essentially <laughs> like three. Yeah. And you're just kind of yeah. putting variations where you're putting like a, a number on the end or something like that for you yes. know, when you have to. I understand. And it's the same number. And then what do you do with it? Do you write them down in a little book or something? Or um, Some of them. Occasionally, mm. if it's it's uh if it's an email that I or like a password that I just find myself continuously forgetting, I'll like email it to myself. Yeah, right. Or I have a, like I said before, I have a folder on my phone and occasionally I'll just put passwords in there, which is terrible. I know. But most of the time you don't need to write them down, do you? Because you can work them out because you know roughly what it is. I know roughly what they are or my phone just kind of stores them. Right. Okay. So what we could do, there is a website run by one of our types named Troy Hunt, mm-hmm. and he runs a website called Have I Been Pwned, which basically means, has anyone ever tried to hack your email address by, for example, hacking a social media site, right. for instance? So we can go find out and it's free. So 
if we go to the website. Um, so have I been pwned? And so pwned is spelled P-W-N-E-D. Oh, you got it? Yeah. I, I live on the internet, Graham. Okay. <laughs> I know, but just for our listeners, for our listeners too. Yeah. So have I been pwned is what's yeah. P-W-N-E-D dot com. Now, Claire, if you're on that website, yes. if you put in one of your email addresses. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I've been pwned on eleven breach site. Yeah. And I found one paste. I don't know what a paste is. So a paste is basically when bad guys post up onto a particular site, a site called Pastebin, a whole long list of email addresses and passwords ah. associated with them. Right. But the rest of those which are displayed for you there. Those are the results of data breaches. So those are all sites. So you can see a list in front of you. I'm looking up and down it right now. You've got Adobe, mm-hmm. Cafe Press, uh-huh. uh, a few sites I've never heard of, MySpace, MyFitnessPal, Tumblr, Ticketfly. These are all sites that have in the past been hacked or suffered a data breach. And so the hackers have your email address and they have associated with it maybe a password, maybe poorly encrypted for your particular account. And the danger is that if someone wanted to get into one of your accounts, they could take that password and use it not only to get into that site, but to get into other sites. So this is why it's a really good idea to have different passwords for different websites. Now, but don't freak out too much because I don't know anyone who wouldn't be listed somewhere on this. I mean, oh, yeah. This is a, a list of billions and billions of addresses. Oh, of course. But- and, you know, it barely goes a week without hearing that some major company was yeah. hacked. Yeah. But what's really cool about this this service is that you can see which ones you might have been affected by and you might have gone, oh, my God, I haven't changed my password for that site since blah, blah. Uh-huh. I'm going to do it now. Yeah. and. You might not care about someone being able to access your MySpace account or your MyFitnessPal account. I didn't even know I had a MySpace account. <laughs> I know, it's so long Yeah, ago. like I've got, yeah, I've got some crap ones here too, yeah. you know, sites that I just started, a, a, you know, whatever, a little account just to see what was going yeah. on and then never paid attention to. So that's normal. Lots of people. But the danger is, Krill, that sometimes when you're just testing a service, you might not take as much care about your password. So you might have, a, oh, I'll just use the same old password again while I'm creating this mm-hmm. account. Yeah. So... One of the things we would love you to do, Claire, is to think about using a password manager, but specifically to have different passwords for different websites. If I was to say one mistake which I think most people make, it's to reuse the same passwords in different places. Basically, passwords really, really matter. And we're not just saying that because we have a sponsor, (laughs) but really, it is an app that you use and I have it with my browser. So I use it on my computers and I use it within my browser of choice, right? So it sits there in the browser. Mm-hmm. Right. And all you have to remember, it's like a master password. So let's say your password was, I really love to eat poop, for example. And that was your password. That is the only one that you would remember because w- that's the key to your diary of passwords, your, your, your online diary. diary. Well, I'm going to have to change all my passwords now because you guessed it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> And what's really cool about password managers is that they work on your phone and on your laptop and on your iPad. And so you basically, as long as you remember your main password, you'll just jump into every app as you are now. Like it'll bypass even, like it'll help you get into your bank. So you can throw away your list. Uh Uh-huh. Now, I assume that using a password manager would be predicated upon the idea that I 
have to now use either a passcode or a touch thing because otherwise whoever goes onto my phone can just automatically get into every single one of my apps. Well, ideally you would have those set up, but actually, as Kroll says, she mentioned this master password idea. That The idea of that is there's only one password which you do have to remember. And so no one can access your great big bank vault full of passwords held securely until you've entered that master password or until mm-hmm. you've used your touch ID to unlock the vault. So would you yourself know what all of the passwords are that it's generating? If you ever forget your master password, you're screwed. So that you need to make strong and make sure you can remember it or write it on the, I don't know, piece of paper and hide it under your mattress. It may sound daunting, but it's worth giving it a try because you might be surprised to find just how easy it is to use one of these things. And it, it really helps you both choose much stronger passwords in the future. Yeah, because it chooses them for you. Yeah. It just creates them for you. And you just say, make it hard. Like, choose 50 characters. Right. Put all kinds of garbage and in there. And they'll be unique. And next time there's a data breach at MySpace or whatever site it is, then you won't have to go scurrying around changing all your other passwords because right. all of them will be different. It's worth a go. Interesting. But you know what? It's been eye-opening for me having this chat with you, Claire, like this, because, you know, we see each other, we have a laugh, but we rarely talk about computers. Right. right. So, but it's (laughs) eye-opening to me that there's a lot, a lot of people out there that have lives and use the technology like and don't know anything about it. Like, I know nothing about my car, right? But I use my car. Yeah. But I know nothing. And I also think, I think for people of my generation and... um. And just, you know, even going past generation, I think people who don't work in your industry, we're so used to the idea that like every company is stealing our data mm. just yeah. all the time, that it just kind of becomes white noise. But it's it's white noise until your bank account's emptied. Yeah. Or your Twitter's hacked and it's saying, you know, all kinds of but horrible things. But I think things. what Claire's saying, correct me if I'm wrong, Claire, is that there's so many of these breaches happening, you kind of give up and you kind of think, oh, that's just the way it is. This just happens. Yeah, what can and, I do? And I think, I don't know, I can only speak for myself and my friends, but I think for the most part, like, we've been fairly lucky in the sense that I've never heard of. Occasionally, the worst that will happen is somebody will post in their Facebook saying, hey, if you get an email from me, it's not me. Mm. And my yeah. email's been hacked. Just ignore it. Uh, yeah. And that's pretty much the worst that happens to us. And so I think we just kind of, uh, you know, we're also the generation that just kind of scrolls blindly through all of the five pages of yeah. user mm-hmm. manuals and all that 90, kind of stuff. 90, 99% of people do that. Yeah. yeah. And then just go, just go on to the next TikTok dance. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which I do so well. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. You rocked it. Oh, no, I looked like a massive white person attempting to do a dance created by 12-year-olds. Links in the show notes. Links in the show notes, folks. (laughs) If you work in a big company, you see new employees all the time. And you also hear about employees that are leaving all the time. Think of the hassle that is for the IT guys who have to get all the passwords sorted out and all the accesses for the newbies and then delete all those authentications for leaving employees. Having a solution like LastPass for Enterprise can help. Plus, makes your employees' life a heck of a lot easier because they only need to remember their master password. Want to learn more? Check out lastpass.com forward slash smashing. If you listen to our show regularly, you'll know that hackers never stop innovating. Immersive Labs gives security professionals practical and gamified content to keep pace with the latest threats. Sign up 
to get instant access to more than 24 hours of free labs and a new lab to try out each week. Latest being their red and blue team labs on the salt stack vulnerabilities which were in the news last week. Go check it out at immersivelabs.com slash smashing. On with the show. And welcome back. Can you join us on our favourite part of the show? The part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Claire, can you say Pick of the Week? Pick of the Week. Beautiful. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. I don't think I've ever meant this more in my life, but with this guess, it better not be security-related. <laughs> we have drowned her in security. Poor, my poor pick Claire. of the week is just a live reading of all of my passwords. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put that on the Patreon feed. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, my pick of the week this week is a YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Cracking the Cryptic. Okay. And this is hosted by a couple of English chaps, decent gents, of course, Mark Goodliffe and Simon Anthony. They are both record holders for solving crosswords and Sudoku puzzles and things like this. And they have given up their regular jobs to run a cryptic crossword wow. or puzzle channel on YouTube. They may not have had a choice. <laughs> they are No, no, they, I, think, I think they chucked it in because they thought this is a more fun thing to it do is. than our My husband boring... would be in heaven if this were his job. Oh. oh, he would. I loved cryptic crosswords because of him. I once bought him a piece of software that helped you create the floor plan for cryptic crosswords. Like, <laughs> it's very complicated. Who knew? Anyway, sorry, I was taking over there. This YouTube channel shows you the tips and tricks needed for solving Sudokus as well as cryptic crosswords. And I have included in the show notes a link not only to a fantastic Guardian article all about them and how they've become an internet sensation. They have over 200,000 subscribers, but also a link to a video, a video which is 25 minutes long or so. And it is showing one of these chaps solving a Sudoku, which only has two numbers on You're the grid and a what? few rules it lasts 25 minutes and at first he's like this is impossible this is a joke how can i do this and over the 25 minutes he solves it and after 25 minutes you will move from saying why would anyone watch this to oh my god this is the most amazing thing i've ever seen on the internet i am subscribing to this youtube channel so excellent uh, it is it, it is quite gripping i have to say it's okay. really good Um, and I would, so I I heartily recommend the Cracking the Cryptic YouTube channel. Go and check out the Miracle Sudoku on YouTube to see that particular one, which I'm emphasizing this week. And that is my pick of the week. That's a good one, Graham. That's fresh. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. I'm going to be checking that out. Okay. Claire, what is your pick of the week? Right. So... Basically, in this like horrifying timeline that we're currently in, um, I generally want to do nothing more than make people laugh. <laughs> so, uh, today, because what else can I do? So, today I'm plugging, it's an awesome podcast company called Dum Dums and Dice. Uh, they're basically a trio of professional comedians, writers, and actors from Toronto who produce five hilarious weekly improvised RPG podcasts with other Toronto-based improvisers and entertainers. What's an improvised RPG podcast? Yeah, so um, improvised RPG podcast is basically like Dungeons and Dragons is an RPG. Role-playing game, Crow. See, Maria's really into Dungeons and Dragons, so yes. 
yeah. Yeah. So basically, they run, um, like, basically, if you're interested in Dungeons and Dragons, improv, comedy, you'll probably love their shows. They do one, it's set in the Star Wars universe. They do one set in, like, the Lovecraftian horror universe. They have one that's set in, like, traditional Dungeons and Dragons kind of universe. And it's all with incredible, like, actors basically making up the stories you go along. And have you done, have you done some of this? Yeah, well, to be blatantly transparent, like, I am actually a cast member on one oh. of the five podcasts. Can we, can we play a snippet of it on the show? Absolutely. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I will put a snippet of the podcast after the closing music. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a show, it's called um, HP Dumbcraft. <laughs> and for people who know RPGs, uh, it's a Pulp Cthulhu campaign. Of course. And it's it basically like if Stephen King wrote an entire improvised season of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Um, <laughs> Sounds amazing. It's great. And so basically, it's these guys, they're, they're, they're wonderful human beings. They produce really funny, well-edited entertainment. They have a rabid fan base. Uh, I love them completely without bias. So you should check them out. They're at uh, dumbdice.com or on Twitter at dumdumdice. And uh, that is my pick of the week. And uh, Claire, Claire, are you more of a Thelma or a danger-prone Daphne in this production? Ooh, in this production... She could be Scooby. Uh... <laughs> no, I play, I play um, like a 1930s gangster named Red from Boston. So oh, like, of course. Oh, can, you, can you do a bit of the accent? Can you give us a bit of it? Uh... Her name is Red. It was Tracy Jones, but I swear to God, like, you don't want to go down that path. Ooh. Like, and she's just here to kick ass. She doesn't like ghosts. I don't want to talk about no fucking ghosts. <laughs> she's good. I told you she was good. <laughs> All the talent went on one side of the family. Lame, Crow, what's your lame, pick of the week? <laughs> My pick of the week is a Netflix miniseries called oh, yes. Into the Night. I loved this program so much. So it starts in at Brussels Airport, okay? <laughs> An armed man storms on a late night flight to Moscow and demands the flight goes west, west, not east of Moscow, west. And he's got a gun. Right. There's a former military pilot named Sylvie. She's a passenger on the plane, but she right. finds herself pulled into the cockpit to help because the guy is freaking out. Yeah. And why west? Well, it turns out the sun has been killing everything in its path. Obvi, <laughs> obvi. And the passengers can't get access to Wi-Fi. And this guy with the gun who claims he's from NATO, right? Is he bonkers? Or is there a veritable apocalypse happening? So, so he's hijacked the plane. He's saying if the sun touches the plane, the plane, the people on the plane Anything die. Anything the sun touches is destroyed. Nuked, destroyed. He's racing ahead of the sun. He has to stay in the yep. dark. Think speed. Think snakes on a plane. Okay, think airplane without the giggles. More I can't think speed without thinking of Father Ted and the milk float. <laughs> oh, that's so. the best scene ever. <laughs> this is absolutely something that I'm going to check out. This is right up my alley. Now, now, Claire, I'm gonna. This is the gravy for you, right? Don't so spoil on it. Netflix. No, no, is no. It, I'm not going to spoil it because I mean, he might be. Is 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 it actually happening or is he just mad? I'm gonna, not going to answer oh, that question. See, I'm Obviously, I'm a it. professional. Okay. <laughs> God. So, the, on Netflix, they've dubbed it, but it's a 
pan-European kind of, you know, airline shows. Oh, you've got people from Moscow movie. and you've got people from uh, from Germany and France and England. Right. And it's all dubbed and they're talking. And then, of course, occasionally you've got someone saying, well, what did he say? And she goes, well, she says he really wants to go to Moscow. And he goes, uh-huh. But it's all happening in English. And you have no, you don't know why. So anyway, it's very, very right. amusing. So every time that happens, we would have a little swig. And that was a very nice evening of six episodes. So it's science fiction and fantasy. That might give you an idea of what might happen right. or not. Okay. And its creator is Jason George. You can find it on Netflix. It's called Into the Night. We loved it. Okay. Try it. Marvellous. Well, what a superb pick of the week. And what fun it has been as well. It has. Having Claire totally on the show, show. On, on this Splinter episode. Unusual, different kind of show from our norm. Um, Claire, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online and find out what you're up to. What's the best way for folks to do that? So you can follow me on Twitter at, at Claire Blackwood. That's it. Uh, no I, C-L-A-R-E, Blackwood. Yeah. Cool. Lose the I. <laughs> Fuck the I. And you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G, Twitter won't last have a G. And we're on Reddit as well, so go and check out the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget, if you never want to miss another episode, Subscribe in your favourite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pocket Casts and uh, we will automatically appear each week. Thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, Immersive Labs and LastPass. Their support helps us give you this show for free. But none of this would happen without you, loyal listeners, so thank you most of all. Check out SmashingSecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details and information on how to get in touch. Until next week, cheerio, bye-bye. Later, dudes. Look, I'm being cool because my younger (laughs) cousin's on. Wow, girl, you're so cool. Say bye, Claire. Just bye. The door creaks open and you see a moderately sized bedroom. You start to hear dripping and your eyes are drawn to the ceiling where a patch of blood is slowly expanding. The dresser at the far end, you hear a slow agonizing creak as the top drawer pushes itself out and then falls clattering to the ground. I would like to close this door, please, Red. We can close it. I close the door. As soon as you do, alarmingly quickly, you just hear the sounds of the drawers just like flying out of the dresser and slamming. And then you hear kind of like a as the entire dresser falls over. Whoever you are, we're not scared of you. You hear a voice from inside that says, please help. I'm inside the dresser. Help. Now I need you to listen to my very explicit instructions here, Adrian. Okay. Please ready your punching fists. Yeah, it's, they're always ready. Now I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna open the door. Okay. And we're going to look inside the dresser. What if we don't? Could we not? <laughs> I need you to be brave for me. Okay. You were always very brave. I, okay, okay. So we're going to open the door and you're going to look in the dresser. And yes. then what? And then if I tell you to, yep. we're going to punch it. The dresser? <laughs> <laughs> You said I had to be very, you said explicit. If there is someone in the dresser. I'm punching. We're going to punch him. What if it's a ghost? Well, then we're going to have ourselves a fun time. Like a party? (laughs) Like a birthday party. Okay, so we'll do some dancing and there will be a cake. Hopefully the ghost brought it. Yes. Okay, I can do this. Okay. I'm going to open the door now. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to open the door. You open the door and the dresser is... Back upright, all the drawers are back inside, 
but now it is next to the window and the bed is in a different corner. Of course it is. And the blood is pooling on the floor instead of the ceiling. It's dripping up. Oh, I'm really (laughs) starting to dislike this day. That's my cousin Claire, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to hear more, check out dumbdice.com.